Mac fam, we are uh, going to talk about something that is uh, pretty important to us as Mac members. Uh, it's something that's valuable. It's something that we we cherish. We don't we don't worship it. It's not you know too highly esteemed, but uh, it is something that you know sometimes we fight a little bit more for. Uh, sometimes we feel like we don't have enough of it. It's a uh, a four-letter word that's, that's valuable to us. And today we're talking about time. Time, yeah, y'all minds were somewhere else. Come back, time. We're talking about time. It's, it's that season, y'all. It's that season where a big shift has just happened. Most of the parents got really excited as that shift happened because it meant kids was going back to school. And the kids got excited about going back to school. They was, you know, loving mom and dad and enjoyed being at home, but missed their friends and kicking it. And mom and dad on their necks all day, too. They ready for a break, too. So, so we've had a big transition happen in schools. But, it's, but, but the school is, is one aspect of our actual whole culture going through a, a season transition. We've left summer. Most of y'all, a lot of y'all got on long sleeves and feeling okay with that because it's not hot, hot day like it was in the summer. And even if you don't have kids in school, you see those school routes, stop your commute. You start getting emails about opportunities for your time like, hey, the fall season of soccer is starting up. Hey, the fall season of the gym is starting up. And our kids kicked it at the gym on Friday. It's pretty awesome. Um... Family, there's, there's requests for your time, for our time, because we've shifted from kind of this summer schedule that's a little bit more chill to actually a fall schedule that gets moving. And so I thought pastorally, I wanted to pause a little bit from the Nehemiah series that we've been going through. We'll be right back jumping in that next week. And uh, if, you, if you haven't been with us, please catch up on those sermons because the Lord has been using our our preaching team um, in caring for this body in the Nehemiah series. Uh, But we wanted to pause for a moment because the life of the society, the life of our community, and definitely the life of members in here has changed a little bit as we approach how we're going to use our time this fall. How are we going to use our time this winter? How are we going to use our time coming out of summer? And I think that as we pause to talk about and discuss time, The way God wants us to use time is a little bit different than the way we choose to use it. So if you would, please turn with me to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to look at chapter five, verses 15 and 16. I'm usually pretty. uh, I give you all a whole chapter to go through. Now that you see I'm only doing two verses, you might think we're getting out of here in five minutes. But you know me. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. When you're there, say amen. Amen. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. 
Let me give a little bit of background for the book of Ephesians. It's written to this church in Ephesus. Uh, it would be modern day Turkey. And Paul is an apostle. He's, he's a missionary. He's a person that goes from place to place sharing the gospel and building up churches. And Ephesians deals with some topics that are very core to what does it mean to be a believer? The earlier first three, th- first three or four, um, excuse me, books are just what does it mean to be a believer? But then second half of four on kind of fleshes out what does it look like for Christ Christian living? Uh, Chuck Swindoll says, uh, after laying out some profound theological truths in the first half of the book, Paul made his purpose clear. He expected that the community of faith would walk in accordance with its heavenly calling. So that's if you want to know, like, what is the linchpin verse for the book of Ephesians? It would be Ephesians 4.1. It says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I encourage you to walk in a manner worthy to the way you've been to that in which you have been called. So if I encourage you to walk, you might want to ask a simple question. Leon, what does this walk look like? You're saying this is what it means to be a believer. So what what does this walk look like? Well, the rest of Ephesians explains that. But we're going to focus on one part. What does it look like to walk in a manner where your time is honoring the Lord? So in verse 15, it says, So carefully then, look carefully then how you walk. What's what's, what's kind of assumed and implied here is that you can actually walk the wrong way. You can actually say, Lord, I love you, and then choose to walk in a manner that is not God honoring. You can choose to behave in things that would not bring God honor. And it's why Paul writes this book. He's like, man, look, I'm calling y'all to something to walk in a manner that's worthy, but I need to give you some tools on how to do it. And so Christians, as we as we look at this, we're saying, "Okay, Lord, what does it look like to not simply walk, but to walk as you would desire? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says this. It says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Don't some of us want that to happen a little bit more clearer? Wouldn't it be amazing if every day of your life, as you came towards a tough decision, you're like, what do I do? You just hear this little voice like, give them five dollars. Call her again. She'll answer this time and everything will be okay. (laughs) Wouldn't that just be awesome if if every time something went down, you just had. But what what I believe the Lord is saying is he wants to lead us in that manner. That, That just because you don't see it immediately, we should still be a people who are expecting it and who are longing for it and who are saying whoa, wait a minute, left to my own self, I know how this situation ends. So I'm trying, I want to tap into that voice, Lord, that wants to lead, that spirit within me that wants to lead. But there's some ways in which we can make decisions, and I want to give you a few, a few suggestions 
uh, this pastor named Tyler David, he, he, he made this list, and, I, and I, I agree with it. It says, uh, when you're trying to make decisions, there's four steps to making great decisions every time. Here we go. Just trying to see if y'all was going to catch that every time, right? Like, you're going to be perfect at it. That's not true. I'm just trying to catch y'all attention so that you might look up and be like, that seems weird every time. But this is a basis for being able to make some God-centered decisions. Four steps. First, believe God's word. Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So first, got to believe God's word. Second, then we listen to godly counsel. All right. What does it look like then to involve other people in our understanding in this decision making process? Other people who aren't on our side, but who are on God's side. Proverbs 18, one and two says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. So as we're trying to understand what does it look like to walk correctly, to look carefully then how we walk, we first got to believe God's word. Second, we got to listen to godly counsel. And third, you got to do what you want to do. I'm going to say, well, pastor, wait a minute. My heart is evil. I know. But hopefully you did the first two. See, if number three was number one, we have a problem. Lead a church. But if number one and two are in place, at some point, you have to be willing to make a decision. You got to be willing to make a decision. And then number four, do that in faith, knowing that your decision does not lock God's hands. You're taking this step in faith. You've sought his word. You've sought his body. You're doing the best you can, and now trust that God will still care for you. And so there's some ways in which we can see this walk that he has for us, and we can carefully, cautiously go about trying to make decisions. And here's some some steps by which we're going to just try to take to kind of get it right. But if you look back with me to verses 15 and 16, where it then says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, the best use of time. Some of your Bibles might say making the most use of time. Now, this section of, of the sermon is a part that I'm, I'm like really excited about. And uh, I know that at some point I'm going to start crying. So y'all just like hold me down. Um, how do you measure time? If you had to measure time, what would you use to do it? A watch. Woo, we got a, yep. Calendar. Calendar, yes. Yeah, there's like, you know, a hundred things, sundial, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's, there's like all these things that are seeking to help us allow our time to be maximized. If there's an, there's an app called Trello for pro- productivity or Asana or, 
your iCalendar, or man, don't go into the Google suite. I mean, there's so much stuff for you to be able to take your time, maximize it, be productive, be the most efficient Christian you can believe you can be. So the Greek term for time in that way, in a linear way, in a way that you can measure is chronos. It's where we get the, the word chronological. Chronos is more like a, a linear flow. You can expect how things are going to go and plan within it. So if I was a, a visual person, I would show what chronos looks like by this. Hit me, JD. Oh, he was already there. Boom. That's why you got good brothers in the back. Chronos refers to minutes, seconds, a measurable source, resource. So that's what it would look like if, 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 if you're thinking linearly. And that's not linear because linear is just like straight line. But you get that it's predictable. You get that it actually is something that you can plan for how things are going to go. And that's really important to believers because we need to be people who take our time and use time to glorify God. But that is not actually um, not the term used for time in the Greek in this verse. In this verse, the actual word used is called kairos. Now, kairos means an opportune time. It means a, a, a moment that you can take advantage of. It means an appointed time or a due season. So if I was to show you what kairos looks like, it's very different. Because you can't expect when kairos happens. See, what, what's happening here is God is trying to say to his people that I create opportunities for things to happen. And what I want you to be ready to do is take advantage of them. I want you to be a person that when I move, you respond. When I orchestrate and bring things to a line, you pause for a second and say, whoa. This is out of my chronos. This is out of my calendar. This is out of what I planned, but I'm moving powerfully. We had a, a crazy week this week. Um, yep, wifey gonna get me if I. So I know. Don't beat me up. Uh, we had a crazy week this week, and uh, um, we like all right. Like we we pouring into the marriage. We pouring into our marriage. All right. So Wednesday night is going down. Like, that's our time to, like, focus. We're going to get these kids down once we get them down, like me and you, boo. All right. So we work together, get the kids down. We look at each other like, I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> so we like, cool. All right. All right. We both mutually agree. Cool. Friday morning is the time. That's my off day. We're going to take the kids to school. Cool. I take the kids to school. I come back. As I'm getting out the car, my neighbor's walking towards my house. And so we both see this piece of trash and we both go to pick it up. Now I'm about to pick it up. He's like, no, I got it. And do you know this neighbor I have known for years now? This brother begins telling me, he says, hey, the church I attend has this type of theology. What do you think? <laughs> then he begins to tell me about his salvation story. He shares with me about his family and his upbringing. 
And it was one of those times where like, I would have never expected that to happen. And to be honest, because I was, we were trying to fight for this time, I was, I was in the protective mode. Don't answer the phone, car breakdown, start walking. Like, we about to have our time. I don't care what goes down. But, but when I walked in and Boo had texted me, where you at? When I walked in and I told her what happened, we both were just like, whoa. I mean, I couldn't, I had not shared any of this sermon with her, but I think we both would have said, Kairos moment. Kairos moment. God seemed to align something that was way beyond what I could have imagined, but it didn't fit neatly in my schedule. What's that look like for us? Now, family, I got to be honest. Two things tend to happen when we have Greek terms that express the beauty of God, but a different angle of God. We either go to extremes or we begin to talk about balance. I want to stop us from doing either. I will confess that I'm on the more I lean in my life towards a Kairos personality. When I'm going through life throughout the day, I'm like, ooh, I found a quarter. God, what does this mean? You know, like, <laughs> it's how I am. It's how, it's how he made me. So my elders know, like, man, we got to reel this brother back. It's how he made me. Some of us, though, some of us can be on the other extreme. Where we hold so tightly to our schedule. I've made it efficient. I'm going to maximize this thing for your glory. And so we're stepping over people that God has ordained and say, no, I brought this brother to you for the opportunity, but he's not fitting in our schedule. Where do you lean? And don't, 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 don't go to the other end and try to say, but we need to have balance. I don't believe that voice spoken of in Isaiah is trying to achieve balance. He wants full obedience. Full obedience. That's why we saw in Proverbs 16, 9, it says, the heart of a man plans his way. So make the plans. But the Lord establishes his steps. Be open to God showing up in a way that you couldn't plan for. Fully both. Fully both. But family, we are, we've got to see that even in this verse, he's saying you can have Kronos and you can have Kairos. You can love me, but you can be wise and unwise. And I'm trying to put before our body uh, a desire to say, Lord, we want to be a wise people who hold our time right before you and say we want to plan, but we hold it loosely that you can show up at any moment. We saw some, uh, some examples of this in the Bible. I think the most famous one is Martha and Mary, right? I mean, for those of you that are not familiar with the story, Luke 10, verses 38 and 42 say this, and you can just soak in this story. Listen. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was, excuse me, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Fam, each of these opportunities that the Lord lines up are opportunities for us to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. They are things that he's lining up for worship of him and him alone. Yeah, you might end up connecting with a person or you might end up serving somebody or doing something, but it is bigger than them. It is bigger than us. It is for worship of the king. It is for worship of the one who created us. And so our sister Martha gets a bad rap because she was trying to work it out. She was trying to do her thing, but, she, but, but, but it is a part that we can all relate to. I'm supposed to throw out my task list? I'm supposed to throw out setting the house and the environment for worship? I was talking with the brothers this, uh, this week and just like, man, I'm just so excited for us to continue to be a, a body that grows in Christ in a variety of ways. And I'm excited for the Lord to be using prayer. It's one of those things in our body. You know, that's, that, that, is, that is one of those tools that, uh, that, that's more important than how we use our gym. It's more important than us painting these walls. It's more important than uh, the fellowship hall being maxed out, us having a food ministry, all like whatever you could dream of, of us doing this MacAb in the next 30 years. Prayer is more important. And so I'm excited to see our family like go deeper in that. But prayer does not look good on your scheduled list. You know what I'm saying? You're like, how do I serve? How do you serve? Well, I come, I clean the church for the church. I cut the grass. I um, help put away some of the food. I'll go to Costco, shop for the items, like, and then I'll pray. And, it, and it's interesting that, that we can sometimes see our tasks for God more important than being with God. That's, that's what it means to be wise and using our time wise. So lastly, it says, uh, it says, um, look carefully then how you walk in verse 15, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. You might be like, well, all right, pastor, connect this for me. Because you're talking a lot about chronos time and having like a plan, but also having some openness. And why do I say this? I say this because as the fall approaches, I'm looking at our families and folks are being uh, tempted to be stretched. Stretched. I'm looking at, you know... Families talking about, okay, so what are your kids in? What are my kids in? Okay, I've, you know, we, Rebecca and I were talking, and we're like, okay. Like, man, if, if every kid gets two activities a semester, 
we got four kids. Like, how do we, we're going to have to hire two chauffeurs. Like, how do we do this? I mean, you, before you know it, you are going crazy. That's not even adding, like, okay, maybe your school has a lot of homework. Maybe you, you know, got a lot to do at your house. You need to work on the house. Like, there are things that are pulling at us. That's just as the parents. Single people get hit up two times more because we assume y'all don't have no life. So, of course, you can do everything. You know what I'm saying? So we, I, I know the stretching is real. But don't respond to, to the stretching by overwhelming your schedule. Don't respond to the demands by trying to pack everything in. I'm preaching to myself right now. Don't respond by not having a schedule and just being like, well, you know what? All these things, we'll just play it by ear. No, care for your family and have some structure. But hold it loosely. Because the days are evil. Actually, the days are evil. Actually, the time you spend, Satan wants to dominate and take from, from worshiping Jesus to use for evil. So even some of the good stuff that you really enjoy can be used for evil. I love basketball. If I could, I would hoop every day. Guess what? There's a league every day. If I go and hoop every day, I'm going to destroy my house and my wife going to beat me up. <laughs> I know. You know what I'm saying? Church clothes and all. Come get me. You know, like. It can be good. It can be really good. And it can still be evil. Do you you see these these warnings that he's trying to give of, man, this this time is a beautiful thing I'm giving to you that I want you to use to glorify me. It will glorify me in your planning. It will also glorify me as you hold it loosely. But Satan wants to trick you. He wants to steal your ability to worship me. He wants you to come to me every night exhausted. Exhausted. Having to not simply reschedule with your spouse, but keep rescheduling with God. He wants that. And family, we've got to recognize, Lord, give me the discernment to hear that voice of the Holy Spirit that wants to guide me. And as I make a decision, I say, what does your word say? Brothers and sisters, this is what I'm wrestling. What do you think? All right, I'm going to take a risk, Lord, and go for it. And by faith, I'm going to trust you. Let let that be some of the muscle of MacAv, which means that there's going to be some some honest convos, you know? Some honest convos where some folks in the room are lazy. There's going to be some honest convos where somebody might have to say to you, I know you're struggling with that decision, but you don't really do much. I ain't do nothing. <laughs> it's real, right? And on the other hand, some of us, when we, when we share our schedules and people look at it, they're going to say, you're crazy. You are crazy. Look at everything you're doing. And you think you can have a posture of worship? You're crazy. Where do you, where do you lean? Where do you lean? I know where I lean, and I'm saying that because I'm asking you guys to pray for me. As your pastor, I know I, know I lean more towards a schedule that's crazy, and it's not simply because of y'all. I love y'all, and y'all are amazing, and I'm blessed to serve as your pastor. 
but, but I would find 10 ways to come home a little bit later if my wife was cool with it every day. I'd find four neighbors' homes to stop at, a few grass lawns to mow. Like I, I'm just, it's just a way, but I'm, I'm, I'm sharing that with some humor to make it a little lighter, but I'm actually serious. Pray for me. Because I love you guys, you know, and, and, I, and I want, but, but, but I also know that I see hints of myself in you guys because it ain't me. It's, it's, the, it's the days being evil that can surface in each of us a little bit differently. Where some of us control our schedules way too much and won't open up for anything. And some of us won't plan for anything because it ties us down too much. And, and let us repent of that. Let us walk freely with this God who wants to lead us fully, fully by the sound of his voice. If you are here today and you're saying, man, I hear you talking about this voice, pastor, and I hear you describing time, but I don't really know the God who you speak of. Let me tell you, this God stands outside of time. He's created all things. And it is his desire that you would know him, love him and experience him. That you'd be able to have a pace that is with a purpose. I don't know your pace. The Holy Spirit says that. But God has an end goal for what your pace is to achieve, and it is to achieve worship of him and not worship of yourself. And so if we can be a church where you experience this God who loves you dearly and wants to know you, then please reach out to myself. Reach out to uh, one of the elders that will be up here that offers communion in a second. We would love for you to grow. But also, family, I want to challenge those that do know Christ and love Christ. I challenge you today, when, you, when you're driving home with your spouse, ask them, which one do I lean towards? And what are the pros and cons of my chronos or my kairos? Perspective on time. My single folk, you got community. If you call us up and say, hey, I want to share something with you. Can you tell me which way do you think I lean? There's enough, enough folks that know you in here that can speak life and connect with you. Let us be a family that continues to build and walk in the manner God desires of us. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. y'all. Lord, we thank you. That time is a tool that you give us to celebrate you. To, to worship you. Time is a tool that you give us, Lord, to bring you glory. Now give us the ability to do so. Let us, Father, not in, embrace the values of the world. When they say things like carpe diem, that we should be seizing the day. No, we don't believe that because that is man-made. That means we in our own strength took advantage of the day but that's not the case no you are our God and you create opportunities you create kairos moments and we just want to be humble enough to respond we thank you Father and we pray that somebody today that has heard the preaching of your word will live a life for you